Hi there, it's Jillian, and I want to tell you about Jillian on Love Plus, your way to get even more Jillian on Love each week by subscribing on Apple Podcasts or Patreon. You can access exclusive bonus episodes with extras, including answers to your most burning questions, advice on all things dating and relationships, and much more. Check out the link in the episode description for more information. Hi there, this is Jillian on Love, and I'm on a mission to teach people how to revolutionize their romantic relationships by first transforming the relationship they have with themselves. So whether you're in a relationship, single or heartbroken, I've got you covered. I'm Jillian Tarecki, certified relationship coach and teacher with over 20 years experience helping people transform their relationship with themselves through their bodies, through their breaths, and through their minds. I have coached and taught thousands of people to become better versions of themselves and change the way they show up for and within their love lives. Today's episode is how to help cope with a depressed partner. What do you do when your partner is going through a bout of depression? Because I get this question a lot. What do I do? How do I help them? I get questions that say, I've tried everything. And the subtext of these questions that I get from people through emails, through messages, more than anything else, what I can sense in the question is how helpless the person feels being in a relationship with someone who they do not know how to help. And you can relate this beyond the scope of depression. When we are in a relationship with someone and that person has in any way derailed from their path, whether it's because they're anxious, whether it's because they're depressed, whatever the reason is, we want to make it all better. And we want to change them because it's like they can't see that they've derailed from their path. They can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. They can't believe in themselves. And we're trying to quote unquote, show them the way And it's like falling on deaf ears. It's just, it's not helping. And so we end up feeling anxious, angry, helpless, hopeless. And then what starts to happen is you're in that state, your partner's in a depressed state, and then the relationship starts to suffer because now it's not just one person in a state that's not helping the relationship or that's in a difficult state. It's both of you. And instead of being the person that can levitate your partner out of their sadness or depression, it's like you're joining them. And so everyone starts to feel in the relationship. It could be even family members. Everyone is starting to feel helpless. But before I get a little bit deeper into that, one of the things that I always wish I could ask more people 
who ask me this question, and I, you know, I've worked with several people who have had partners or spouses that were going through a depression, and I've helped them through that time. But one of the things that I wish I could ask everyone who messages me, how do I deal with my depressed partner is, well, number one, how do you know that they are depressed? But even more importantly, do you know why they're depressed? Because some people will experience a depression or will experience feeling moments of disconnect from their lives because they're overworked. Some people will get depressed because they're physically ill. Some people will get depressed because they're doing a lot of drugs. So what is the behavior that appears to you as depression? Because what we're recognizing on others is behavioral. It's behavioral changes. What are they doing or not doing that appears to you as depression? Did someone die in their life? Did they just undergo a huge life change. Maybe they stopped working. Maybe they switched job. Maybe they moved from one coast to the other. Maybe moving meant that they had to leave very important people behind. Are they divorced and feeling separated from their children? Are they out of work? Not just overwork, but out of work. What are the stressors in their lives? So If we're going to help someone, we first have to understand them. And part of understanding them is understanding why they're experiencing this because it's very common when the person we love and we're in a relationship with and they go through a depressive period to then panic and to feel insecure because we'll think, where's my person? This is not the person who I married. This isn't the person who I fell in love with. I'm not getting my needs met. They're not paying attention to me. We're not having fun anymore. And so we make it about us because we really start to panic. And so the first thing that I would say is understand why, what is really going on with the person you love. And number two Have you been, even though it's understandable, have you been making it about you? And this is really hard. It's hard for me to say because I know it's hard to hear. A big reason, maybe the biggest reason why we fall in love with people is because of how we feel when we are around them. The only reason why any one of us would ever want to get into a relationship is to magnify feeling good. It's to magnify good feelings, and good emotion. And then we recognize, and sometimes it's an often rude awakening, that as we exit the falling in love stage of the relationship and enter the more committed stage of the relationship, there's more routine. We wake up and we say to ourselves, you know, oh, my problems are still here. That negative emotion, that pattern that I may have experienced before I met this person, I still have to face it. My problems are still here. And when we're in a relationship with someone, 
And because of a mental health challenge, such as depression, that they experience due to a myriad of possible reasons, some of which I've already listed, that's important for you to understand as their partner. When they go through that, guess what? They can't meet our needs that way. And we just want to shake it out of them and get our person back. So how much have you been making it about you, even though it's understandable? Because if one really wants to help their person who's going through a challenge like this, the first thing we have to do is not make it about us. And then the second thing we have to do is take care of ourselves. And what I mean by that is we want this person to come back and re-engage in the relationship so that we can feel better. And then we get angry and resentful that they're not taking our advice, even though chances are you're giving really good advice. They're not taking your advice. It's very frustrating. And then now you have to live with this person who's not meeting your needs because they're going through a mental health issue. So you have to first decide, do I actually want to help them? Or do I want to help them so that they can meet my needs again? It's difficult to differentiate. But so much of loving someone is accepting them for where they are. And this is tough. Again, this is even tough for me to say. What's going to help them is reassuring them that you love them, reassuring them that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You may even at some point say, look, you're depressed because you've been out of work for so long and I know that it's difficult. I know it's difficult to be out of work and to feel like you don't have any purpose or any reason to wake up and do things and contribute. So the second piece of this narrative is instead of trying to change them so that you can be happy, and instead of just trying to pull them out of this experience that they're having, you have to start doing things for yourself. You have to start doing happy things. And I understand how helpless it can be because you don't want to do them without them. But the trap of this is very similar to the trap of codependency in an addict, of you trying to heal them and change them and then feeling powerless and resentful and hurt that you can't. And so you have to make sure that you are continuing to make yourself happy and that your happiness is not 100% dependent on their happiness. You can't separate entirely your happiness from them because you're in a relationship with them. You're intertwined with them. So I really don't believe in the advice that says they have to just do what they're doing and you can just be happy without them. No, I know it's intertwined and it's not a but, it's an and. You have to do your best 
to remove yourself from being the person who is responsible for changing them and healing them and start to put some of the focus back onto yourself. Your happiness can't be 100% dependent on their mental state, even though it's absolutely going to be impacted. And what I am asking of you is not easy in any way, shape, or form, but it is necessary. They have to pull themselves out of it. You have to just reassure them that you love them. And then you have to love yourself. You have to give to yourself. If you have kids, you have to give to your kids too. But all of this becomes, dare I say, easier when you understand why they're experiencing what they're experiencing. Because almost always there's some sort of trigger where there's something going on in their lives where they don't feel like their future is compelling enough. And so I, I really think that when we're in a relationship with someone going through a mental health challenge, our love is really put to the test. And I know that there are many different situations here and I don't know everyone's situation and there, there's nuance to this and it can be very complicated sometimes. But I have to speak to this generally, which is that, again, seek to understand this person who you love. Stop trying to change them and instead reassure them of your support and love. And then learn how to love yourself and give to yourself and experience happy, even though they are not. This is huge. This is really big. This is going to take a tremendous amount of courage from you, but you are going to grow so much from this. And the reality is, like I said, jumping into their world and then becoming just as hopeless and as helpless and as powerless as them helps no one and instead is just incredibly destructive. And when you start to get anxious and insecure because you're not getting the love that you're used to getting, that's when you have to remind yourself that this isn't actually about you. And that's when we are challenged and called to love differently, not change, not rescue, not make it about us. And sometimes the most loving thing we can do is to maintain our own peace of mind and our own internal equilibrium as our partner is ungrounded and lost some of their internal equilibrium. Sometimes the most effective thing that we can do, not just loving, but effective thing that we can do is to maintain to the best of our ability, our internal equilibrium to give to ourselves, to step out of the role of rescuer and into the role of holding space, 
detaching, but with a lot of love, leading by example. And this might be something that you have to do collaboratively with other family members. It might mean if they go to a therapist, you going to some therapist sessions with them so that you can learn more about what they're going through and what it is that they actually need. But don't get sucked into their state. You have to be very protective of your state because that is what's going to overall help them more than you being pulled down into their state because you've made it about you and because you want to change them so much. I hope this helps. It's really not easy, but I do hope that when you think about the context and trying to understand them, not making it about you, loving them differently than wanting to change them or rescue them, what it means to love yourself and maintain your internal peace and equilibrium throughout this stage. And if there's anyone you know who might be struggling with this, please send them this because you never know whose life you could be changing and whose relationship you could be saving. So this episode was about having a partner who is experiencing mental health challenges such as depression and what to do about it and what not to do about it. Go with what resonates most with you. And if you have any questions or concerns, please contact me at hello at jillianonlove.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe if you have a friend who can benefit from this advice. Again, please share it. Thanks for listening, and until next time. Jillian on Love is a Q-Code production, executive produced by David Henning and Steve Wilson, produced by Ryan Countshouse, edited in music by Will Tendy. Hi, just checking in. And seeing if you might want to step away from the noise of the world for just a moment and connect back to you. If so, join me on my podcast, Letting It Settle with Michael Gallion, where we'll explore mindfulness, self-love, and personal growth as I share practical insights and tools to hopefully help inspire you to start to take charge of your mental and emotional well-being. Search for Letting It Settle with Michael Gallion on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening now. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.